0: To Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now here's Mark Miller and David Moulton.
1: Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this Tuesday, and that means it's time for David Sampson. He of the Nothing Personal podcast, he does it every day. He does it live at 8 a.m., Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. He tapes it as live Tuesday and Thursday mornings, and it airs CBS Sports HQ, CBSSports.com. Follow David on Twitter, David, the letter P. Sampson, David P. Sampson.
2: Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I am outstanding recovering from a weekend in Vegas, but other than that, outstanding. Oh,
3: were you at, uh, what, what did you take in? What was the best show you took in? What was the best? Did you go to the UFC
2: fight? What was the, what was the Vegas trip? I was there for my niece's 21st birthday, the daughter of my late sister who wanted to make sure before she passed that I gave her a great 21st birthday party, and boy, did we ever. It was a little sad because she wasn't there, but we partied. She wanted to go to a show, went to O by Search Soleil, and then we went to the Excess nightclub and saw the chain smokers and danced until four in the morning, and then watched F one at seven in the morning. And then got on a plane, so it's been outstanding.
1: Do you still
2: have that kind of game, or no? And are you paying for it? I love what where your head's at. So I've not yet hit the creepy stage, so I feel as though that I can be at a nightclub be out all night and dance and put on a blazer and it's okay and I've noticed as I've turned double nickels the only thing that's changed is not the energy the recovery time is definitely increasing so I'm about a day and a half out and I feel not perfect but that said it was well worth it good
3: deal sounds like a great trip and anytime you get to see a little live
2: music that adds to it
3: as well um i'm curious i know we talk a lot of baseball with you but john morant this whole gun on a plane um bringing a gun to a strip club this is a young kid who is seemingly on the verge of throwing it all away but just you ran teams just the gun how how much talk is there of players of what not to do in these things hey you can't have a gun
2: with you i mean is this something that's actually brought up in a team meeting Oh, it certainly is. There's actually a rule in the NBA that you can't have a firearm and after there was a, a player on the Washington Wizards who Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas had a uh, had a gun maybe I don't know 14 years ago in the locker room. It's just something that you talk about because you can't have it. It's you just don't want guns around period. Certainly not on the on the team plane, certainly not in the locker room. We don't even like our players to have guns off the field, but many of them do and we just want to practice gun safety. I've told more players the Jason Williams story than maybe any other cautionary tale uh, of any athlete where a gun basically ended a career and a life and changed the lives of so many.
1: Well, there's, here, here's the other part of it, is this is a 23-year-old young man who is on the precipice of superstardom who right now we're trying to determine, is he just acting like a punk or has he already crossed the line and he's a thug and we've got to bring him back from a life that we desperately don't want to see him go down. And I'm curious, did you have to deal with that with one of your players? I don't want to bring up something which I'm sure hits very close to home, but after the death of Jose Fernandez, you know, I'm guessing it shocked the Marlins organization to know that he had taken drugs and it obviously played a role in his death. Okay, so, you know, what, if anything, as an organization, do you do here with Ja Morant, the person?
2: It's such a difficult question you're asking because the players have their lives off the field. They have a lot of money at a very young age. I'm not sure that I would say John Moranth is a budding potential superstar. I would say he's an existing superstar, one of the best in basketball already. And the question is, when you look at some of the behavior, when you look at what happened just recently on the court with Shannon Sharp and Jaw's father, we've spoken to players about their families, about their backgrounds, about who they bring to games, about who they hang out with off the field. And we try to caution them that they're in a different place now than where they were five years ago when they were good at basketball or good at baseball, but they weren't professional yet. So is the question, I've got a player for you who I just thought of. I had a player named Milton Bradley. That's a name you may not remember, yeah. but I had him. He's the video, the game, Milton Bradley, but his actual name was Milton Bradley. So talented. He had all five tools and he had a lot of problems off the field, a lot of problems with the people he was hanging around with and a lot of internal issues that we tried to get him help for and it didn't work very well and it impacted his career in a very significant way he could have been one of the great players of all time if i'm the memphis grizzlies if i'm taylor jenkins i am not just suspending him two games saying we're getting him help and we're hoping he gets help i'm sitting him down and i'm making sure that he has a personal attache do you remember a player named josh hamilton
1: Another baseball
2: player. You all know him well.
1: He was a star for a few years. He was one of the five best players in the game for like a three-year period of time. And
2: guess what he had in Texas and various other places in his career? He had someone assigned to him who was with him 24-7, making sure that he would not get into trouble. Now, did it work once his playing career ended? Did he revert back? There's some who would say he did. He had some of the domestic issues. But on the field, you're trying to keep players on the field or in this case on the court. And sometimes you have to take measures. And I think that's where the Grizzlies are right now. I don't think you let him go to another gentleman's club. I don't think you let him do anything without team supervision and personal supervision. And he did that to himself. And whether it's deserved or not, you, he's gonna get another chance because he's so good on the court. There's no doubt. Talent wins out over everything they,
3: to get the chances. Um, And then it's just a matter of if they put those systems in place, whether he wants
2: to accept them. So that's the real point, that we can give someone 24-hour care. We can talk to them and show them the pitfalls. We can show them examples of careers gone wrong, of players who are in prison, of players who are no longer alive. We can go through it all. And it's almost like your parents. And I try to be careful. I used to be the same age as the players when I first got into the sport, but I kept getting older and they kept staying the same, sort of like the life of a teacher. At some point, they would look at me, you know, you're not my dad. And my answer was, you're right. I'm your boss. And as your boss, I'm telling you that if this impacts your ability to do your job, then you're not going to have a job anymore. So I tried all sorts of different angles with all sorts of different players, failed plenty, succeeded plenty, but the Grizzlies have a lot of work ahead of them. And they're trying the best they can, but I think you can also see the NBA get involved here too.
1: Well, is there something the CBA doesn't allow you to do I mean, like, is there something you wanted to do and somebody had to tap you on the shoulder and said, yeah, actually, David, we're not allowed to do that? It's not that it's against the law. It's against the CBA.
2: Yeah, I would I would have wanted to and still would want to do random drug tests that aren't random according to what I would want. I would want to be able to punish and fine players more than I'm allowed under the CBA because they would laugh at our fines for behavior and not sure following team rules, literally we'd be laughed at. They'd say, oh, 500 bucks. Hold on. Let me look in my shoe for my pocket change. And they're not being jerks about it. The point was their union is so good. They negotiated where none of it mattered. So can you imagine if you don't have the ability to actually discipline someone, that means that actions don't have consequences. And that's one of the most important lessons to teach to kids is that actions have consequences. And if you can't back it up with anything, then you're probably not going to make progress.
3: We want to switch gears, talk a little baseball on the clock again. Max Scherzer had uh, some fun with the pitch clock and made a little bit of a mockery out of it. Do you think that will be something that pitchers will be able to use to their advantage? Or is that a very gifted pitcher who it's maybe a little bit more
2: of a one-off? or Are we going to see more, a lot more gamesmanship with the clock? Will, you saw MLB write a memo right after that happened right? That is, that is not gamesmanship. That is just taking advantage. And what Max did is he dismissed it as saying, I'm just trying to figure out what the rules are and what's going to be enforced. Well, that's a bunch of horse hockey. There was a memo that said exactly what the rules are, how it's going to be enforced, and why the rule was made. Max is aware of why these rules are there as a former member of the executive council, very involved in the last CBA, understands the issues that are facing baseball, understands why there's a pitch clock and why we're trying to get more action in the sport. So what Max did was just Max being Max, but I'll tell you, during the regular season, he's not going to screw around like that. Just like what you're seeing Vargas do, that that hitter for the Dodgers who's not swinging at any pitches. So Zach Greinke was fooling around with him. Once the bell rings on March 30th, it's a whole new ball game. Games won't end on a violation. Pitchers won't be gaming hitters like that. It'll be baseball.
1: Listen, I'm so pro pitch clock, have been for nearly 30 years. But with that said, a friend of mine who's a big baseball fan brought this to my attention recently, in which he said, is this going to be a good thing in like the last couple innings? You know, the suspense of the end of a baseball game. Actually, there's a little bit of drama in the cat and mouse game between pitcher and hitter and what have you. That, and I started to think about it that, you know, for seven innings, I love the pitch clock. I'm not sure I like the pitch clock in the ninth, if you know what I mean. Is, is that
2: a real concern or no? No, let me ask you, what did you think of Pete Carell? Remember him at Princeton with the four corners? Yes. Let's say that's the end of March Madness and the final game and everybody's watching and all of a sudden there's eight minutes left and there's no clock or no problem and they're just passing it around for five minutes. You'd look at the TV and say, God, this is not fun to watch. Baseball, the tension you're talking about at the end of games, that doesn't have to come with five throws over to first base, which is a rule that's changed now. You can't do that. It doesn't have to come with a guy stepping off the rubber and then on and then off and then on and then off. It can come with the natural flow of what an at-bat is, and that was the purpose of this rule, is to actually make the tension at the end of a game be because of the tension at the end of the game, not the delay by different players and pitchers.
1: Uh, We have about 30 seconds left in our Twitch chat room. A question was just asked of you. Longer recovery time uh, when you did the seven marathons in seven days, your niece's 21st birthday in
2: Vegas. Seven marathons in seven days. That was about six months of recovery. I expect this to be about three days. But you're still—you haven't
1: reached the creepy phase, though. That's what we take from today's session.
2: By the way, that's a critical thing to be self-aware about. It is. That's why I
3: don't go to clubs anymore. I'm too old.
2: You're creepy. <laughs> Miller and Moulton closed down the
1: Clevelander at a Super Bowl in Miami. Yeah, it was a we long right, time ago, and we were right on the edge, but we still were allowed to be there. Thank you, David. David Sampson. The podcast is nothing personal. He does it every day. Live, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 o'clock. Taping as live on Tuesdays and Thursdays. CBS Sports HQ, CBSSports.com. Follow him on Twitter. David, the letter P, Sampson. David P. Sampson. He joins us every Tuesday at this time. I don't know
3: if I could do it. Vegas gives me a juice, though. Vegas is... there You know, you get into a city, there's juice in a city that there isn't in some places. Sometimes you need a little juice. Orange, tomato, or just a a little, you know, blinking lights going at it once in a while.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network.
1: 21 minutes past the hour, Miller and Moulton. Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. If you miss any part of our show, like our conversation weekly with David Sampson at the top of the 7 o'clock hour on Tuesdays, we'll download it. We post every hour shortly after the hour is completed. floridasportsnetwork.com, floridasportsnetwork.com. Pat Kerwin to join us coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. lot of maneuvering in the nfl yesterday there'll be more of it today between now and four o'clock that's when you can place the franchise tag and then there's two different kinds of tags and you know we'll see whether or not lamar daniel jones saquon barkley anybody else perhaps and who's getting released Chiefs saying goodbye to Frank Clark threatening to say goodbye to Orlando Brown, although they still have eight days to negotiate a deal before he becomes a free agent, but they said they won't tag him. You know, it was uh, William Floyd, by the way, was that Rams pass rusher that I was talking about that they've indicated they're going to let go, save $19 And so, you know, Frank Clark, William Floyd, Bud Dupree. I mean, all of a sudden, Mark, there's some pass rushers that are going to be out there.
3: There are, but the one rumor yesterday that we haven't yet discussed came from the Combines and Rich Eisen making some noise yesterday Mm -hmm. saying that Tom Brady's name was thrown around again and it's in connection with you know where. Well,
1: I mean, is that really a surprise? No. See, he's retired to Miami. He's living across the bay from his ex-wife. He can see two of his three kids, you know, if he stands out on the deck. Um, He apparently was going to play for the Dolphins last year. And then Brian Flores blew it all up and Sean Payton was going to be their coach. And, you know, they were putting the band together. And then that didn't happen. And so let's just say Tua gets hurt early in the year. Ah, another concussion. And the Dolphins picked up the phone and they called. And they said, so, are you really retired? We know you're not broadcasting games this weekend. You took your gap year. Uh, You want to play football?
3: You'd look good in teal.
1: And if you didn't, we'd be willing to change the colors. I mean, honestly, we're, I'm just saying, it's a short-term thing. We'll talk to Greasy about taking the number out of retirement. I mean, what do you need?
3: And Bucks fan, you'd be fine with it. Dolphin, would you be fine with it? And Patriot fan that supported Tom Brady happens if he plays for the Miami Dolphins. Oh, they- What happened? if he plays for the Miami Dolphins.
1: Oh, they'd absolutely lose their mind. Absolutely lose their mind. Traitor Tom is what he'd turn into. Trade. Then we could project schedules come out. We could see when the Patriots games are also. Then we could project schedules come out. We could see when the Patriots games are also. Then we could project when two is going to get hurt and whether or not he'd come back in time to play the Patriots. Oh my goodness. So you're Talk right. About- it wasn't
3: like this huge overwhelming surprise, but it just made me smile yesterday that almost like we'll
1: throw in a little Philip Rivers. We'll throw in a little Philip Rivers to start to work out, kicking the tires about coming back if the situation's right. But you know, I will say, Eisen just threw it out there. It was kind of like, so you spent the week in Indianapolis, you know, talk talk to us about the rumor mill. What's the four or five craziest things that you heard? And he talked about Phillip Rivers, but then he said, you know, people around the league think Tua gets banged up they're going to call TB12 and people around the league.
3: It's the call. That's the surprise where the fun much the call that's the surprise where the fun starts is that he's going to answer the phone
1: us the fir- now you know i have no idea P- trust us the first time brady is caught publicly working out you know somebody's going to make a big deal about it see still keeping himself in game shape he still looks good he hasn't taken any hits since the last time we saw him. Oh, yeah. You can see the narrative now. You know, right now it's all, ah, Brady enjoying retirement life. He was at the UFC fight in Vegas over the weekend. Still doesn't have anybody on his arm. He's still single. You know, that that's the storyline now. just wait till September, October.
3: Can't really start dating if you're thinking about playing football. I mean, you only have priorities for one right
1: now. Well, it's the offseason. I mean, you could date during the offseason.
3: So that was my favorite rumor of the weekend and end of the week. I, I enjoyed that. Time now for our clutch vodka play of the day. Felipe. What do you have from the association
0: today? Well, Donovan Mitchell <laughs> is the kind of guy who will dunk on you in overtime. Up or down three, instead of taking a three, he goes right to the rack and just jams it right over Mike Muscala. Stevens grabs the rebound, and Mitchell now trots into the forecourt, court, works on Brog and crossed him.
1: Over! Oh, and he buries Muscala! Oh, what a thunderous dunk by Donovan Mitchell!
0: Celtics blew a how many point lead? 14. Cavs win. They're the third, te- third seed in the Eastern Conference. They're fun to watch.
3: Three straight double digit leads for the Celts that they've blown. All 14 points or more, all 12 points or more, actually. 12, 14, and one was in the 20s as the Cavs get the win. And that's our clutch vodka play of the day. That's clutch with the K. Look for clutch vodka wherever you buy your vodkas. And if they don't have it, ask for some clutch with the K.
1: Actually Cleveland is the four. Oh. Okay. Philly? They're, they're the they're the four. The they're a couple games actually they're four games in the loss column behind Philly for the three. That right now Cleveland looks in that they're gonna be in the four or five game. You know, the question is are they gonna play the Knicks? Or will Brooklyn come back? Will the Heat make a big run? I'm actually surprised, Felipe. I I thought we were going to get ourselves either some Jimmy Butler or, you know, somebody off the bench because the Heat bench scored 58 last night in a two-point win. I, in a I'm big impressed. win. I'm impressed you went non-Miami Heat with the play of the day.
0: Well, you know, Victor Oladipo had a nice alley-oop, but other than that, it was a pretty
1: commanding win, I'd say. 130, 128 was commanding?
3: They uh, won by two.
1: Well, two, were, no, no, up.
3: no. Felipe, they won by two.
1: No, I Trey know. Young they... had, Trey Young had the ball in his hand, you know, with a chance to tie or win the game, I thought.
0: Weren't they up by like nine with like two minutes oh. left? They
1: almost blew it. Okay. Commanding. Uh, we're just impressed, though. That's all. Okay. We're just, we're impressed. You went non Miami. That's all. It was actually a compliment. Donovan Mitchell is amazing, you know. He is remarkable. He's a great player, and his team has no guarantees they're even going to get out of the first round. I mean, the top of the East is loaded.
3: Loaded. Which means the second round of the playoffs could get really juicy.
1: Woo-wee. The second round of the NBA playoffs will be the first round of the NHL playoffs. Right. Although the Eastern Conference playoffs will be amazing, actually. The whole damn thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. This will be our annual drive. If you're not a hockey fan, we'll make the push and say, listen, if you watch the Eastern Conference playoffs in the NHL this year and you don't like hockey, you never have to pay attention to it again.
3: Nope. Because the Eastern Conference is loaded. You could argue that maybe the six best teams in hockey are all in the Eastern Conference.
1: (laughs) I do think six of the seven are. I I really do.
3: (laughs) Just trying to figure out which which team you're picking from seventh out of the West right now because they're a mess. I still think Colorado.
1: I think once it's the playoffs, I think the Avs will go, oh, it's winning time. I don't
3: disagree, but they've got to get healthy before they can get included in that list. I'm with you. They've got to get included. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network.
1: 22 minutes before the hour is up. Pat Kerwin joins us at the top of the hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Mark Lai to join us one hour from now. We'll talk a little golf, the continuing winds of change on the PGA Tour. Another tournament's biting the dust. That announcement was made yesterday. Some of the rank and file lending voices to their disenchantment. Mark Lai, who never pulls any punches, will join us coming up one hour from now. Big basketball day today, Mark. Big. We got like six conference finals. One of them doesn't mean anything, though because one of the teams that's in, it's ineligible to go to the tournament. That Northeast Conference final, FTU's already been advanced into the tournament because Merrimack can't go. But we got the Summit League, the West Coast Conference, the Colonial, the Horizon. Their finals are today. ACC tournament getting underway. A10 tournament getting underway. Now nah, I love this week.
3: And this week's going to be big for the big conference tournaments midweek. The weekend won't really matter unless someone makes a run, unless Florida makes a run or Michigan makes a deep run, one of those schools. But really what we're looking at is what happens early in the week with all the bubble teams. Because right now the first four out are Oklahoma State, Rutgers, and Vanderbilt are on that line. The next four out, Clemson, Michigan, North Carolina are on that line. The last four in, Wisconsin, Penn State, Arizona State.
1: So Arizona State, Wisconsin, Penn State need to win at least one tournament game, although in theory they'll all be playing somebody they should beat. So will one win even ensure a bid for them, or do they have to win two? And then the Michigans and North Carolinas of the world likely have to get to the weekend Mark, there are a lot of people that think Carolina's got to get to the ACC championship game minimum. Preseason number one team in the country. Played for the national championship last year. Wow. A tournament without North Carolina. Man, possibly also without Michigan. Think of what Wisconsin's done in the last 10 years in college hoops. I mean, wow. Dare I say, wow.
3: We need to expand this thing. I mean, a tournament without North Carolina and Michigan, <laughs> how can we handle this? <laughs> Let's go to 96. That's what we need. More mediocrity in this tournament. You said it early. You said it yesterday, David. If there has ever been a time, and this is when the National College basketball writers need to step up and point out to everyone how ridiculous expanding this tournament would be.
1: Here's my question. Do they get more money if they expand it? You know, like right now, you know, everybody's share is the same. They have their money, they divvy it up. Well, if you add two dozen teams, everybody's share gets smaller. Now I know the conference may get a little more money because you can get more teams in. But, I mean, I don't believe CBS and/or Turner are kicking in more money so that everybody's slice of the pie remains the same. I know if I was CBS and Turner, it wouldn't interest me at all. No, not getting any more money. Got a contract till twenty thirty three or whatever it is. No, uh-uh. Um, speaking of hoops. What would you do if you're Memphis with John Morant? And did you agree with my premise when I asked David Sampson 40 minutes ago? I said, right now, the conclusion I'm coming to is John Morant is somewhere between a punk and a thug. And I need to grab him by the scruff of his neck and bring him back in so that if he's leaning towards thuggery, I got to rescue him. This is my franchise here. Um,
3: you know, I, I don't know where he's wrestling between that, that I, you may be right, but as far as what your premise is of pulling him back in and fixing them, they're at a critical stage right now because this is their franchise. Make no mistake.
1: I mean, here's what's very disturbing to a lot of people, Mark. It's not the... I think he put it on Instagram at 5.30 in the morning from a strip club. I mean, why he would post it with the gun right there is. But also he posts it 72 hours after a Washington Post story, which goes on to cite the many instances of violence that he's been involved in, citing past police reports of the last year, an incident at a mall, one involving a 17-year-old kid at a pickup game. And three days later, he then posts the video that he's posting? I mean, you want to talk – don't you think after the Washington Post story, the Grizzlies organization, his agents went to him and went, hey, man, now we got a problem. And he, right-
3: he, by posting that gun picture, stuck the middle finger up at all of them, David. Yes. And said, I'm bigger than all of this. I would be petrified if I were the Grizzlies right now. Because as you pointed out, there's a story out there that he hit a 17-year-old kid in a pickup basketball game and then threatened him with a gun.
1: There's a police report about an incident at a mall. Charges ended up being dropped. But, I I mean, the Washington Post did not write the story on hearsay. I mean, they just got a hold of police reports and just, you know, dictated what was in the reports and put it in the story. Two weeks ago, someone wrote a column, and I forget who it was, and I thought it was someone in Memphis that said John Morant needs to grow up. That was two weeks ago. Last week was the Washington Post story. Saturday morning was the video with him and a gun at a strip club at 530 in the morning.
3: So all of these things, the column having him grow up, yeah, that's right. I just don't know. As David Sampson pointed out, no matter what you do, the the player has to want to grow up. Uh And based on the video that I saw of him brandishing the gun at the strip joint, he's not in any mood to grow up right now. He's almost daring the system to stop him. Well, they did. They've sat him down for a couple of games. He issued a, fake apology. And that's all I call it.
1: Well, and I got to admit the Memphis officials who have spoken, it's one cliché after another. I mean, honestly, I do, do us a favor, don't speak if that's what you're going to give us. Seriously. I mean, either be genuine or be silent. If I'm Memphis, I'm freaking out a little bit. I really am, because with Ja Morant, and by the way, they've had an awful week. A really good player on their team blew out his Achilles. All right, he's out for the rest of the year. He's not coming back till next. January, February, March, and then you never know if a guy's ever the same again. All right. You know, one of their players has got, you know, 16 technicals already. So every time he gets a technical, he's suspended for a game. Or I think it's every two more technicals he's suspended for another game, et cetera. But that carries over into the playoffs. You know, there's going to be also they could get a really bad draw right now. They're the two seed. I mean, think about all the teams. I mean, they could get Dallas in the first round. Well, there's going to be expectations to do something, you know, they might have to play Phoenix in a second round series. I mean, you know, there's all this expectation for Memphis to really do they could get Golden State in the first round. I mean, it's it's not been a good 10 days for the Memphis Grizzlies. Not that anybody cares, but if you're running that franchise and we won't even get into the dynamic of that city and the issues they've had over forever and what john ja morant represents for that city and now you know that city which has great parts to it and also awful parts to it and here was john ja morant looking as if he was going to be the great part of our city and now in the last two weeks he's representing the ugly part of our city i mean this is a massive story in that part of our country which goes way beyond a basketball team. This is this is the city of Memphis in its existence personified right now.
3: In what direction do they and Ja go going forward? Can they straighten him out? Does he want to be straightened out? But as you pointed out, there's no sense trying to guess who they're going to play in the playoffs because right now, as you mentioned earlier, we've got four teams tied for ninth. (laughs) Right. And those teams are only three games back of fifth. (laughs) Right. So between Golden State at fifth and Oklahoma City at 13th, there are only three and a half games separating those two teams. Three in the loss column.
1: And Memphis is a half a game ahead of Sacramento for the two spot. You know, four games up on Phoenix in the loss column, who's at four. So, I mean, if you're Memphis, you're going to, right now, you think you're going to be the two or the three. (laughs) I mean, but right now, that's pales in comparison to your franchise player, who you have signed long term, by the way. So, you know, if he falls off the face of the earth here, (laughs) that's quite the cap hit. That ain't going anywhere, just so you know.
0: You know, it's funny because a the theme last season was how good Memphis was without John Morant. You remember that? hmm So we'll see. I mean, they they won't do anything without without him,
1: obviously. But but don't you think, not to get too deep on this, but don't you think that that's a lot like, you know, sometimes Atlanta looks pretty good without Trey Young? Right. But, but if you think Memphis or Atlanta is ever going to get to where it is they want to go, they're – More likely to do it with Morant and with Young.
0: Well, right, because in this league, to do anything, you need a star player. Right. Never been more apparent
3: than right now that if you – I mean, you pointed out yesterday off-air, Felipe, the number of guys that went 30-plus in the league. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, it was like, what, 13, 14 guys? 18. 18 guys went 30-plus on Sunday. So you better have, when playoff time comes, your guy who can score, and that's Ja. So I don't think, yeah, your point is valid that last year they had a good record without him, but they're not winning a playoff series, and they're not going to the Western Conference Finals without Ja Morant. They're just not.
1: And Ja released a statement saying, I need to work on how it is I deal with stress. Really? I mean, his... His handlers allowed him to release that statement. Are you serious? You should all be fired. Say nothing before you say that. Really? These actions, this is how you deal with stress. You're brandishing guns. Okay, you're threatening and committing violence against minors and other people in nonviolent situations. That's how you deal with stress. Shut up. Your client right now is a punk at best. Don't release a statement. Get him to grow up.
3: But Memphis is freaking out right now as an organization. It's DEFCON 5 for Memphis because this is the future.
0: He was the number two overall
3: pick. Yeah, And Ryan he's delivered. Zion. As the basketball player, he's yeah. delivered on that.
1: Absolutely. In fact, and he's then some. the best player. I mean, Zion one right now. I mean, two weeks ago, you could have Zion or John Morant. Who would you take? It's laughable. One guy plays every day. The other guy's played 80 games in three years. You hate to see but, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you wonder, is he salvageable? Can he grow up? You know, is this just, hey, he's just hanging with the wrong people and he needs to disassociate himself from them. (laughs) Okay, sounds easy.
3: Or is it worst case scenario and that he's too far down the rabbit hole to dig himself out? We hope that's not the case. Miller and Moulton, your thoughts? 21,000 is the text line. FSN radio is the keyword if you've never texted the show before. Taking your comments on that, anything David Sampson may have said, and Pat Kerwin coming up in around eight minutes' time to get into the National Football League. The quarterback moves, the franchise tags, the players being cut. Busy day yesterday in the National Football League. We'll get into all of it with Pat Kerwin coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour.
1: Mark Lye. In about 45 minutes time, more changes to the PGA tour. One of them announced yesterday. And finally we heard from the rank and file on the tour who you're not going to believe this, they're looking at the future a little differently than Rory McElroy sees it. Mark lied to talk about that in 45 minutes. Pat Kerwin is next.